0: I want us to start with Carolina. Carolina, what did
1: you bring? Hey, Valerie. Okay, so my quote is um, creating a culture of belonging, authenticity, and kindness where everyone feels valued. So, and I wanted to start with that because it means so much to me where wherever I go, I, I do want to make sure that everyone feels like they can be themselves, around me, so hopefully I'm making, <laughs> I'm doing a good job there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna keep talking about it, so we'll see what you're doing so far. That makes it so good.
0: Thank you. Becila, what about you? What did you bring?
2: I brought this t-shirt.
0: Ah. Ooh, Latinas rising up. I, that's familiar to me.
2: <laughs> I'm sure we'll dive uh, into that. We'll too. dive into that deep. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna open up the conversation, but it's something very important to me. And when we talk about DEI, uh, representation is, is very, very crucial for all communities. And so we'll talk more about my, my relic, but um, something that's very important to me personally.
0: Ooh, very nice.
2: And I brought a jar with coins that
0: I've collected from my travels all over the world. I have something similar with bills, um, but I keep it in the jar, not in a coin album. And I'll share why in a moment. But first of all, thank you ladies so much for being here and welcome everyone that's tuning in for this episode of Not Quite Strangers. It's a little different than typical episodes because typically I introduce two people who don't know each other very well or don't know each other at all and have a meaningful conversation. Today, I happen to be one of the strangers. It's it's, it's better. It's it's better. better. (laughs) I know. I'm kind of excited now. So the person that's masterminded this introduction and this connection is Priscila. Priscila Guasso is a good friend of mine. Priscila, you and I have known each other for 10 years, like 10 years. We both worked at Hyatt together, have known each other throughout that time, worked together very closely in my last four years at Hyatt when we were both supporting the Latin America and the Caribbean. And now also over the last year and a half or so with Latinas rising up in HR, which I know you're gonna talk about in a moment. I'm one of the (laughs) co-authors in the book that we put together. Uh, So thank you so much Priscila for masterminding this experience uh, and introducing me to Carolina. So I'm curious, Priscila, I can't say much about Carolina. So why don't you introduce your friend and why you
2: wanted us to meet? Thank you so much, Valerie, for having us. And you know how much I love you and everything that you do. Um, I want to introduce us both and everyone watching to Carolina Viera. She has a heart of gold. She is um, one of those people that you can always count on. And more than anything, she sees truth and love and just an abundance of blessings in each person that crosses her path. Um, Her day job, she works as a leader in DEI in the healthcare industry. Uh, but I would say who she is as an individual is she lives opening doors for people. And she does mm. that in everything that she does. I don't want to give away everything about her, but Aww. no, she's, she's a beautiful person. And, um, not only does she say what she wants to do, but she acts on it and mm. she invites others to be part of it. I met Gato when I moved to Miami, there's a story there in itself, <laughs> Uh-oh. But she's big on, again, when she finds folks that she connects to, which is, I can't, I can't, God, I think there's nobody that you have not connected to <laughs> or can find a connection with, but um, she is always there hundred percent and gives her all with everything. It gives her heart away to many folks. And is a phenomenal leader that I can only hope to aspire to continue to emulate as well.
1: Ooh, wow. Well, I <laughs> feel like I, I should uh, wrap it up now. <laughs> <laughs> How can you compete with that? And and oh my God, my heart is just—you could even, you know, when you find right angels. I mean, the angels in your lives and mm-hmm. in your life and Priscilla certainly is one of them. And I can't say enough about her. I mean, Valerie, you know her. But there's a reason why we're here today, having this conversation, and we're all aligned, and and, and this is happening. So I'm um, I'm a believer of that. God is it works in mysterious ways. Yeah. But I'm just so blessed to know Prisci and, and now to know you and be part of this beautiful community, truly.
0: Thank Very you so cool. much.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I,
0: I, I would hope it's a blessing, but you'll tell me at the end of this. <laughs> let <laughs> will see how this blessing goes, unfolds. <laughs> no,
2: I've we'll what to reunite I, in a year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll do a reunion. But you oh, know, one nice. of the, and I told you this, Priscila, when we talked, I said, One of the reasons that I was just like, yeah, I'm totally open. Of course, I would take a phone call or an email intro any day. That's a typical, traditional way to introduce. But Priscila, I trust you. You are a woman who sees possibility when there is none. You have a barometer for positive experiences, (laughs) uncharted. I mean, like off the charts. And I so appreciate how hard you work at making sure that everybody in your surrounding, everybody who's spirits or souls you touch has a positive experience in your presence and in the presence of other people. So I was just like, if anybody could do this (laughs) and I would trust to have a freaky Friday kind of upside down experience would be be (laughs) Priscila. So I'm like, yes, (laughs) bring it. (laughs) So I'm so, so grateful for that. And I, you know, the other piece is this, this podcast I mentioned to you two earlier is really about inspiring curiosity between people building connection as the two of you already naturally do. And I do also, but then also disrupt the status quo a bit, right? Which is, yeah, the typical introduction would be, Hey, let me introduce you to my friend. Like you get a little email introduction or you send somebody their contact information and you reach out, set some time in a calendar and you have a conversation. But my hope today is that we go beyond the typical get to know you conversation into like something that has heart and meaning Meaningful. Just why I asked you to share your, you know, what did you bring? And you have a quote, Carolina. Priscila, you have your t shirt. So I'd love for you two to share what is it about your quote that's so meaningful. I know you gave us a little bit of a flavor, but Carolina, if you could expand on that and what you do to bring that quote to life. And then Priscila, you also to share why, you know, why that t shirt and why Latinas Rising Up in HR has such meaning for you. So, Carolina, why don't you
1: kick us off? And Valerie, thank you for that question, because I was thinking about that a little bit um, even before we started the conversation. I'm like, it, it, we're so quick in, to act and to um, judge people, right? Or, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we're raised to always be prepared for the, for the bad things that can happen. But I remember growing up, my grandpa would always tell me to look to look past all the, uh, the noise and always see the good in people. So to me, it's always important to despite all the muddiness and and all those all the gray areas to see like you said uh, like Priscilla does the possibilities i I try to always focus on what's good and what's great about people and um what's uh what they what each one can bring to the table and add to our lives I love that love that. Well, I know you have. Do you have a chef in house? Because whatever they're making sounds delicious. I don't know what happened that I think somebody you know how it is. When when you're like, please, everybody be quiet. And then somebody has to do something at that time. Yeah, I think that's what happened just now. I apologize for that.
0: No worries. We bring we welcome all in the room. This is this is about building connection. So I don't I don't mind at all bring bring the spirit of the noise into the space
1: <laughs> oh man i promise I, the next time i'll do the cooking okay wait, wait. <laughs> are we are we talking like a demo here because
2: <laughs> oh no give me anything, anything you, you want anything house.
1: you
0: want
2: i'm coming to <laughs> <for> your house <laughs> oh there like live oh yeah like live valerie live Ooh, okay we, we, should, do we, we should do that we should do a session
0: or something yeah how cool with that? And you, Because you're from, you said you're from,
1: from Ecuador, right, Carolina? I am. I, I am born and raised all the way through high school, finished high school there. And I'm so, so proud to be Ecuadorian. I can even begin to tell you, but um, we say here, I say always that I'm 100% Hispanic, 100% American, because I do feel it that way, that we are uh, a mix of both cultures and we're mm-hmm. in the middle and we can take the best from both right because most likely we know how the system works here but and there's beauty in it too but nothing not much can compare it to where you come from and your your values and in your culture and the people there so it's it's beautiful to be able to mix both I love that now t- tell us your quote again I want to make sure that I got it and tie that it's- back to
0: something you shared both
1: Sure. Creating a culture of kindness, um, authenticity, and belonging where everyone feels valued. Kind of I always say that I, I, I live by it. I, it doesn't matter where I go. To me, it's important that everyone um, can, has the opportunity to be transparent and to be honest, right? And to be honest with themselves. I, I want, I remind people, and, and that's what I always try to do, to be kind to others, yes, but also to be kind to ourselves, to, to take a moment to to really uh, love what you do and, and, and love your the path and, and mm-hmm. all the hard work that it has taken, all the blood, sweat and tears. Because I look up to Priscilla obviously, for obvious reasons, she's a wonderful leader. She's, 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 beauty, she's creating so much beauty with Latinas rising up in HR. But I know it takes time, it takes commitment, it takes uh, not being able to, to do certain things, right? That, oh, I'm, I wanna lay down on a Sunday and do nothing right? After working crazy hours, but you know, it takes commitment. Sometimes you can do that, but what mm-hmm. you're building, it, it transcends time. And, 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 and that's, that's what I, I, I aspire for people that are around me to feel comfortable mm-hmm. doing, to know that to create beauty, there's also rough times. There's also, um, like I mentioned, blood, sweat, and tears that you have, those, those times are also important to get there.
0: Mm, totally get that. And you know, we're creating some of that right now, right? The whole, the, you know, kindness and authenticity and belonging. So thank you, Carolina. Priscila, tell us about Latinas rising up in HR.
2: Yeah, so it's a community made out of love and, and, and hope and aspirations. Um, as I've shared with a lot of folks, and we've all experienced it in different ways, But I wanted there to be a place where it elevated Latinas that are rising up in HR, literally what the title is. I I had a hope because I personally didn't see enough of Latinas moving up in the corporate ladders where I was at in different companies. And I just kept looking around and I'm going, I can't be the only one. There's got to be others that, that want to get there if they want that, right, if that's what they aspire to. And, and when I finally got to a role that was very high in the organization, I said, I can't, I got to do something. And I had been sitting on this idea for five years. I'm like, one day I'll get there and do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually thought whoever does this, I'll follow them. I'm going to be right there behind them. <laughs> plenty plenty yeah, no. And that's not what happened. Um, I had a, a few people say, Priscilla, why do you think you can't be the one that does it? You can be the person that makes that change. And I doubted myself for many years because it's just, I'm going, no, but I'm, you know, but I'm Priscilla. <laughs> and on the contrary, many people say, yeah, but you're Priscilla. i like, okay. Yeah. So it took time for me to dig into me to do it. But then not even that, it was also, I had to be in a right place of mind. So I took care of myself for the year. I left my job. I took care of my health, mental, physical, spiritual And during that year, that's when we launched our book and I looked for authors like yourself and others. Yes, yes. And anytime (laughs) I see a Latina NHR that touches DEI, CSR, benefits, compensation, it's like, hi, <laughs> I want to meet you <laughs> because I want to get to know them and their hearts. And actually that's also, I don't know, I think I've shared that with you, Caro, but that's also why I gravitated to you. Cause I'm like, Ooh, she's getting into the DEI world and has a finance background. And I like that. That's so neat and different. And, um, and we've now started talking more about that, but um, it, it first took, you know, let's learn about each other first, our life stories, let's do life together. And that's why I did this 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 platform, this movement with our book. I, I've, I really thought there's, there's so many amazing women out there. We don't know each other, but when we do, that's where there's power in, in numbers. And oh, you can influence so many women just like you. I wanted others to meet you, Valerie, that were in our circles because our circles is uh, as I heard, you know, it's like a ripple effect. We have this circle and you have this circle. But when you start expanding, they cross over to each other and you just create mm. this magnitude of energy and change. And and I, I didn't see that in the HR world for us yet. So mm-hmm. here we are. Um, mm-hmm. 400 folks strong started from 400 20- yeah, at 400 strong. Yeah. I know in one year it's oh, it's amazing, and now you know everyone taps in when they can because we have a lot of lot going on in our lives. But that's what I wanted to build is where we we're not just connected because we are Latinas in HR. It's more we're all trying to rise, but to rise it requires us to be vulnerable and to mm-hmm. lean into one each other, one another, and yeah. share the tough stuff. And that like even this past week and seeing authors connect with each other even on a deeper level and sharing what they're going through, whether they're going through things with their medical, you know, there's medical issues or family things that are happening. Our parents are getting older. What are you doing with your parents and your kids? How are your kids? It, It just, it was such a deep closer tie of conversations other than just the surface. Oh yeah, I work in, you know, I work in DEI or I'm in benefits or no, it was a lot deeper. And there was a lot of conversation around culture too. So it was, it was, it was beautiful. Mm. <laughs> yes, that is, that is and, why. And so just fun. to
1: add to that, I mean, it, it needs what we're creating and everyone in their own platforms with their own, with their, their teams or, or followers or whatever you want to call it, friends, family, it's, it's beautiful because it's also about people, right? It's also about what we all go through. Cause mm-hmm. like you said, Priscilla, we're all going through something, We may not be announcing it to the world, but, yeah. and that's why it's important to be so empathetic and so kind to others. And that's one of my words, because we don't necessarily know what, what are their personal struggles. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, uh, that's what we're creating here. And I'm so proud just to know you ladies, but also of, of everything that by, by having this type of, um, uh, in, you know, the podcast, the platforms, everything that it's been created, it's, it helps others see the opportunities, see that they mm-hmm. they have somebody to that they can rely on and Absolutely. see representation.
0: Absolutely. You know, it's funny, speaking of rep- representation, it's a good segue. So this, this jar of coins that I shared. Um, so I've traveled a lot in my lifetime. It's not, you know, it's not exhaustive list, but 17 countries so far. And I collect the coins, you know, most of the time it's because I was spending money somewhere and I just, you know, didn't exchange it. So I ended up just bringing it and putting it in my little jar. And I do the same with bills that I've collected. But I have my, so my best friend was like, Valerie, why don't you put them in an album, you know, with a nice little label for each one, where they're from. And I was like, that's not the point. I think the point is to have a collective experience of the places I visited that is not about the differences between those places or the differences in the the money and and how it's it's stamped or the colors or the the textures, right? Or the seals. It's not about that. It's really about the impact that it had on me, right? To be able to see it all in one place. Um, And I do the same thing with, (laughs) this is gonna sound weird, but I also... (laughs) Like, and I hope nobody from like immigration is watching this. But, but you know, like I'll take a
1: stone or something. Like I oh, have some, yeah, so like some. So some if, when I take mama. you to the Galapagos Islands, you can't do that. My God. Okay. Okay. I'll so make sure to remember. I'll take pictures <laughs> of the stones. Yeah, I have some
0: sand from different
1: countries.
0: I have you know pieces of wood. I mean, some things that are not alive. Obviously, no seeds or whatever. But I, but I also don't label them. I have them in the little. Uh, like a terrarium that I created based because I just wanted to show this is the collective experience of being on the planet and all the different places that one's feet can touch or hands can touch. I think the same goes with people for me. I kind of collect people too. <laughs> in such a way. <laughs> but not like in a creepy way, <laughs> but, you know, connecting with a lot of different people. And so I think this is important. Um, funny enough, in my family, this so this um, this past year has been really unique because my dad's side of the family, who traditionally have been pretty far apart from each other geographically, I live in Dallas. Most of them live in the East Coast, New York, South Carolina now, too. But most of them grew up and born and raised in New York. Besides, we were from Panama originally. But when my aunts and uncles left Panama, they started having their families there. So most of my cousins were born and raised there. So we've been geographically separate from them and not necessarily that close even in communication. But this last couple of years has been pretty phenomenal. So once a month, we get together as a family and we interview one person in the family who gets nominated and we have like, it's like a family talk show. (laughs) So the rest of the family sends me questions and I interview that person and we hear about their childhood and their life and why, you know, why some, you know, what decisions they took in their career. That's really cool. Are you recording
1: this? Yeah, we record them and we share them with the family. You should yeah. at some point, I don't know. This this is a great idea. I'm gonna steal it from my steal own. Steal it. Family. Go. Go. Do I have your blessing? Thank you me. have my blessing. <laughs> go forth. Go no, capture your family. Sometimes I'm thinking what what did my grandma do? I mean, I remember stories, but I don't remember everything. Yeah. In, and it's funny because you never know the impact that somebody's going to have yes. until they're gone. And that's yes. unfortunate, but that happened to me with my grandma, right? And I, when I saw your grandma uh, this Saturday, Bracey, I was like, oh my God. And it brings back so many memories. And mm. trust me, my grandma was not. The sweetest woman. Uh, no, I mean, uh, she was an, a kick-ass. She was a hard worker. She, You had to be on point all the time. You know, there was Ortiga. I don't know if you guys know what Ortiga is, but mm-hmm. I think that you don't. But if you don't behave well, you're going to know what Ortiga means. It's like a chancleta, but it's a... <laughs> <laughs> and oh. she was rough growing up. But I remember sitting down every night watching a novela with her, right? Mm. And that's the memory that I have of her other than being this businesswoman. So she got older and, and she suffered from some sort of dementia and they never really identify it, but we think it was a combination of dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, but I, and I remember thinking, oh, I'm prepared, I'm getting ready for her passing because so I could see her the, you know, slowly getting there. And the day that she passed, I was a mess. I was a wreck. I was a wreck for a, for a week entirely, nonstop. And I remember thinking, but I was ready. I was prepared. And you truly aren't. And those are people that mean so much to you, even though they were strict, even though they were tough. They were, But they, the, those, those are the people that keep you grounded, right?
0: Huge, huge. Uh, you know, I'll say one last thing that, so my dad has been like the most, reserved, not the right word, but he didn't share a whole lot growing up. I'm, I'm one of four. So I have three brothers. And recently my dad was the one that kind of started this tradition actually, because he said he's ready. He's 77. He's like, I'm ready to share. I want to share stories. You I want you guys to ask me questions. I want us to get to know each other. And I was like, all right, dad, I'm going to interview you, get questions from the family. And then from there, he nominated his youngest sister and so on and so forth. But recently he was like, you know, I want something just for the, the four of you, like my brothers and me. And you know, I want to just sit down with you guys and for you guys to ask me anything you want. It's like a tell-all or something. I was like, like confession?
1: <laughs> like, what's going on? What's well, wow. on?
0: So we sat together, we were on Zoom because we we're all over the place, but we spent four hours, and my dad told us everything from the, the girl whom he made fun of in the third grade, all his teachers talked about the guy that gave him the opportunity to do whatever he wanted in the career to where he, how he met my mom and why he liked my mom and that why they got divorced and why he found his new wife. And like, he told us so much. And it was, you know, one of those moments where I was like, wow, how many opportunities do we get to really sit down? First of all, I wasn't that interested 10 years ago. You couldn't have told me that this was something I would want, but now I desire so much to understand the people who had such a hand in my life. So this keeps growing. My mom's like, well, how come my side of the family, we want that too. So I'm interviewing. My aunt next so it's been really fascinating to have these family connections too. So I know family is really important in our culture, but I'm, I'm curious, Priscila, what in your, in your experience, what, what kind of things do you do to bring your family together?
2: Yeah, well, with the pandemic, um, it was really hard. We're a very tight family from my dad's side. There is, we put, we, people say like, "Are oh, my family gets together. I'm like, oh, you're up." we're like 50. <laughs> so it, it's a party every time we get together. Wow. And and I love it though. I mean, it's, there's the, the one thing though, that was tough is we, we try to stay connected, but everyone's in so many different places. And, and as you talk about connection, But this time being away from each other also required us to be closer one-on-one, which is not something we always do. We're all in a party and yeah, we're loud and talking over each other. What are we talking about? I don't know, but everybody wants to get hurt, right? (laughs) (laughs) But what happens at the end? Nobody got hurt. We're all just yelling at each other. (laughs) But what was nice during the pandemic is I got really close to certain cousins that I hadn't, I just, we just didn't, we weren't as close to before, but I think that's one thing that we've all learned during this time is that need for connection is not always physical. Like we don't always have to be right next to each other or trying to scream over each other in a big group, That it, but it requires making an intention, right? And, and I think with as all of us are getting older, because we have three generations that we take a look at with amongst us all, I go, as we get older, we're, we're seeing more and more that we want that connection and everyone's looking for that. And so we've said, you know, for Christmas as well, try to get together as much as we can. Um, We'll even do it on Zoom. And we did, I I hosted a crazy Christmas Zoom with games and presents and Mm -hmm. all of that. Um, So I tend to take that. That part because not everyone knows how to work Zoom. So I was like, I'll send the link to show up. <laughs> we did baby showers. We did a virtual baby shower for my wow. sister and my cousin and my other cousin that lives in Italy. So we're all playing games on video. <laughs> it just was insane, but it was fun. It was mm. fun. We stayed connected. It helped us just really make sure that we're in the know of what's going on in our lives. Um, even though we're all miles and miles and miles away. And so, um, I, I do, I do, I'm very grateful for that. And then on my mom's side, it's much smaller. Everyone's in Mexico and, um, they're, they're still a good, a good number of them are still there, but we just, we tried, we've now started introducing zoom to them a little bit more and they're a little older. And so they're just like, well, Mija, I can't figure out where's the button and they keep muting themselves. So I'm like, I don't care. If we've been in this pandemic this long. They're still figuring it out too. <laughs> but we try to stay connected in those means. And WhatsApp has helped tremendously in even sending voice messages to them and to one mm-hmm. another. Um, my, I have an aunt that I haven't spoken to in years and she's learned, my uncle passed away last year and she figured out how to use WhatsApp and now I get messages weekly from her and I respond back and I love it. Cause I feel like I've never been so connected with her. Like I do now. Mm. And that's beautiful. Again, the timing, the timing is just perfect too. And so we do a number of different things, but, um, we had to get very creative this last year and it was fun. <laughs> it was fun though.
0: It's some work though. Yes. We, we did some similar, some similar things for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, and then I think we did it one other time, like the big group, but it was a lot, it was it a, lot. a lot, uh, <laughs> Now, I'm curious because obviously the two of you, the three of us have an interest in this idea of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So what influence did your family of origin or your experiences in your family have on you being attracted to that particular field?
1: Hmm. That's a great question. I, I think for me, I, my, uh, personally, my, my dad is um, Black descent. Uh, and my mom is obviously it's, it's not so, um, <laughs> like indigenous or, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we, we're all a mix of, of a lot of races, right. At this yeah. point, we never, I'm <laughs> sure that there's, there's yeah. Asian and there whatever, but, um, but yeah, she's, she's more, um. European and, and indigenous and, and and the whole thing. So growing up, the, the first story that I learned from my family was that that my grandma was so upset with my mom because you know she she was with with a person who didn't look like her. Um in and, and I always felt like, what do you mean? The, 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 we're all the same. In my eyes, we're always we're we're just humans. Like, what what are you talking about? But and then Think growing up now, when I was a grown up uh, and working, and, and I moved from Ecuador to the States and realizing, well, yeah, there's this thing where, where they don't see you as an equal. What's going on there? Mm-hmm. Personally, I wanted to understand that more. I wanted to understand why my grandma thought the way that she thought and, and how can I help change that, not only within my family, but also help others see the beauty of that diversity. So I think that's, to me, was a very personal decision based on, then again, my grandma and the way that she was thinking and the way that she saw things. And obviously I, I learned to be very, um, I guess, forgiving and very understanding of mm. the world she grew up in. It's different from the world that we have grown up and, and, and the future generations as well. So we have to be understanding that we didn't have, they didn't have the same tools and resources that we do to understand. So the more you're given, the more you're expected to mm-hmm. do, to learn, to uh, even to, to teach others. So I, I think that that's my main, one of my main reasons Um if you ask me what what's the influence of my family but in general it's because I just I just want to make sure that that we understand that yeah that we are as humans we have so many layers and that's the beauty of it to understand each layer to understand why we we may be through the same experiences but we all do things differently because Mm -hmm. of that because of those layers because of that family because of those friends because of the culture so Mm -hmm. that's uh that's for me You have you seen
0: you guys know that Gloria Estefan and her family do the Red Table Talk, the franchise. Mm -hmm. Did you see the one where she they talked about colorism? No, I haven't seen. No, I haven't seen that one. So it's one of the latest ones that I just watched. And it was it was fascinating. It's provocative. I'm going to warn you, it's provocative. So she invited Amara La Negra, who's Dominican. Yeah. And then the guy from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, which is um, he's Cubano, Jamaican. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know his his name. Yeah. Yeah. So she had so so she had both of them. And then she also had, a, a, I think, a, a Brazilian scholar. And they talked about the experience of being black in Latin culture, which mm-hmm. I thought was really fascinating. So based on what you just said, Carolina, was saying because they said a lot of times growing up, they heard the phrase mejorando la raza. Oh, mejorando, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I was like, I never heard it. but well, maybe because we don't I mean, we have a, we have interracial relationships in my family now, but. Not then, and not in you know, Panama. Panama is such a mixed pot too. We have people of Asian descent. We have people of Middle Eastern descent. We have, because it's such a, because of the crossroads of the world being the canal, at least where I grew up And but of course there's different classes, right? So right. a class system. But I'm curious about the role that played because when I think of Ecuador, I think of predominantly European descent and maybe some indigenous. And, and I saw, I think this first black Ecuadorian, this guy on <laughs> Facebook, who's a cook, I don't know if you've seen him. He, he's like, no, I'm curious now. I got there's, it. I'll, I'll but there's you a the few, link. let me
1: tell you, there's a few. <laughs> but it was so rare. I was like, El es Ecuador? oh, yeah. wow. And he's like dark like me. So I was just like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a, there's, there's a strong population uh, that it's, it's black, but it's, it, there's all, there's always been that mentality of, um, I think it's related to class more than anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, this, this race they associate it with class but this class is better than the other one and then you know those all those um I don't even know how to call them anymore those um those perspectives I guess that are not necessarily the right ones and that's why we need to ensure that that we're communicating what's real, right? That that's that has nothing to do with race. Class has nothing to do with race. Race has nothing to do with class. And 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 then again, what's representation? What's truly? Um, what is truly diversity right and 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 i think the more we talk about it and the more we have these conversations it's helpful to them too right to to those generations that are to my dad to my mom's generations to understand what we're talking about and what we're so passionate about uh diversity equity and inclusion
2: i
0: see you nodding over there what's going through your mind (laughs)
2: Yeah, you know, I I have a a different upbringing. Um, My dad and my mom. So my dad grew up in the states, like he was born and raised in in Chicago, and my mom was born and raised in Mexico, la ciudad de Mexico, Mexico City, and they always um they were they're always very um my mom actually was more the one that tried to ensure we we had our culture and my dad always talked about education that's just kind of i guess how they tag teamed my dad always spoke about how education is so important i didn't know at the time right i was like okay dad got to get those a's for alvarado that's my maiden name and i was like oh, this is horrible <laughs> and then my mom's just like ¿Me you want enchiladas like she's always making sure i'm eating and i i know like i don't lose my, my i don't lose spanish and i don't lose the language and i don't lose mm-hmm. the culture of what it means to be from la ciudad de méxico mm. and i i, I didn't I, felt, I i kind of was always a chameleon too growing up and so like at home we talk spanish right we spoke spanish and we watched you know novelas and then i'd go to school and then i'm like mom i want pb&j like i don't want anything too crazy to cause a ruckus at school <laughs> so i always lived these two worlds mm. and then um, I, I always felt at a certain point i started feeling Why can't I combine them? Why is this so separate? Why on the weekends am I dancing salsa, singing at church, where everything's in Spanish, and then I go to school and everything's in English, and I don't see anyone eating this type of food like with me and or know what I'm going through. Um, And even my mom had me very young, my parents got divorced very young and and so I always joke like I grew up with my parents because they were figuring it out, and I was also figuring it out. And so I, I just I felt like there has to how am I how is how am I going through this alone, and how do I why aren't there other folks like that like me? So all to say that. I got, would I'd I'd say more in high school was when I really felt there was a difference and I didn't want to have two lives anymore. I wanted to combine them. And that's where I started. I started seeing it more with status and money. And I was like, oh, I come from not a lot of money and my, the folks in my school do, and I can't relate And that. I just, it was tough. Mm. And so as I got older, I was like, I don't I don't fit in this world, I don't fit in that world, but I wanna I want to get to know all worlds. So then I became a social butterfly and I just started meeting folks and trying to get to know their stories. And it also had to do with that. I was quite the introvert when I was younger and I did not like to go out and speak with people. And I, if anything, I was like, oh, well, if I ask you all the questions, I don't have to talk. <laughs> but then I get to know you and it taught me to be a good listener. But then that's how I learned about different cultures and where do people came from. And I, I I had a lot of white friends, but I say that. And then I'm like, no, but yeah, but where's your family from? And as I spoke to their parents, they're like, oh, well, you know, my family's from France and here's where my family's from Italy or they would start. And, and I'm like, oh, okay. So you're not just white, like you're white, but you've got, oh, you've got all this other culture. Talk to me about this. And so I started learning about other cultures other than my own. And then I started learning more as I was in college and Mm -hmm. diversity and inclusion has always, followed me and not that I was purposely looking for it. I think it's just the curiosity that I have is what opened those doors for me. And then in college, I became a resident advisor where I had a floor of 60 women, but it was uh, around global diversity and inclusion. And they were like, "This we're purposely making this environment with women from all different cultures. And they're like, Priscilla, do you want to lead this? It's the inaugural year. And I was like, other cultures, yes, sign me up. Oh, but it was so many learnings. And I learned so much of myself. And I also learned so much of other women and the men that lived in the floor beneath us. Um, Good things, things that would clash things. I I mean, there was, and then I became a mediator too. And so then I was like, how did I end up here? But it was neat. And again, curiosity. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know you could study this and go into this and have it become a profession. And again, just following my curiosity. So all to say it was a, it was a mesh of both personal and professional that I feel like for me, I believe in God very deeply. And so I feel like he was helping guide my way. Mm -hmm. And, and I just, I had to just keep following my, my curiosity and it led me to eventually working in global diversity and inclusion. But even after then I, I wanted to do more and that's where then we got to work with each other in Latin America. But my curiosity is that's where I was like, I wanna learn more about everyone in Latin America. There's so many different nuances. Like we're talking earlier, right? Like la chancla, and what do you say? What do I <laughs> say, what does that mean? And, and I laugh because I was, now that I live in Miami, it's the same thing here. And you don't know where anyone's from. And it's exciting mm-hmm. at the same time because you start building even greater empathy and connection and you see people for who they are and the experiences that they've had. And you, again, I've realized, and it's one of the biggest things I hold on to too, Caro, that you said is everyone's going through something, right? And I think we've learned that more so this past year and more than anything, don't jump to conclusions for yourself, but it's a journey. It's a journey because we've got years of different things and experiences that were embedded in us, right? As we grew up. And there's also a lot of healing that we have to do in our own journey. So, um, not to say that mine's done. I got a lot of years to go still, hopefully, knock on wood. But <laughs> it's something that I, I, I'm i I'm working more towards diligently than just letting life happen and being a lot more intentional. You know, so interesting.
0: So much of what you said resonates for me. I used to be an RA too, a resident assistant in college for like the last three years. But what was interesting is, although I'm Panamanian, it's, I, it's always been difficult for me to put myself like in a in a box like i've always been like the the blend um primarily because when i came to the us we didn't speak any, i didn't speak any english so i had to learn i had to learn to speak english when we moved here and i i remember the first time we've been living in the states maybe five years or so before we went back to panama my grandparents Always lived in Panama. They've never, they never left. My grandfather never set foot in another country because he was, I guess, afraid of flying or something. But I remember going back the first time. So I was maybe 14, 15 years old. And when I went back, right, after having left at nine. So we go back and I remember seeing all my childhood friends because my grandfather and my grandmother actually moved into the home that we used to live in for you know growing up. So we went and started hanging out with all the little kids. You know, all the excitement. And I ended up going to some of these parties and stuff. And I couldn't, I couldn't participate, because I hadn't spoken Spanish really. At home, we converted to speaking in English with my parents because they didn't want us to have any problems in school. Education was super important for them, too. So they assimilated. They said, we're going to speak English at home. So that way you don't have any problems. And of course, we're speaking English at school. And then we were speaking English with our neighbors. We're speaking English at church. So five years of, you know, (laughs) impregnada con en inglés, right? All English. So I go back to Panama and all of a sudden people are like, I te crees la gringa. Oh, you don't speak Spanish anymore. Oh. And I was so embarrassed that I was like, okay, that's never happening to me again. And then we're <laughs> gonna come back. So I came back and I started studying Spanish in high school. And it was like, you know, I was already when we left Panama, I, I was like in what, third grade or something, third, fourth grade. And so I knew enough. Obviously, Spanish in high school was super easy because it was like, you guys are learning what I learned in third or fourth grade. So <laughs> <but> people <laughs> thought I was cheating. But then in college, I ended up doing it to, to majoring in Spanish because I wanted to be able to read and write in Spanish as well as I did in English. So that was, and then all of my friends, I found community in the global international world. But the reason I mentioned the, the um, RA thing is because somehow, I don't know why I was so compelled. We'd have to host every quarter, each of the RAs had to host some sort of event, right? That was kind of our, that's the arrangement. Mine always had to be like something international, multicultural. So I had like a salsa dancing event, you know, because I had all my I, all my friends was dancing. So salsa, the guys come to the girls' dorm, and of course, like, oh, the girls went crazy, like oh, ah, yeah, yeah, like this, <laughs> you know. It was awesome. And then I had like an international male panel where we talked about love and relationships and, you know, across the cultures. A guy from Sweden and Trinidad and Colombia, Venezuela. It was awesome. But I was so compelled to always bring culture and global globalism to these spaces. But then one thing I learned recently, and I'm gonna I want to hear from the two of you how this may how this shows up for you. I learned recently. Um, I'm reading the book Cast by Isabel. Wilkerson. Have you heard of
2: this? I have heard of it.
0: Yeah. Um, so I just started reading it, but I've heard a lot of her interviews and she said, black immigrants coming to the U S benefit if you will, from maintaining the immigrant. She didn't, these are not her words, but like the immigrant mystique, right? There's a benefit. There's a level of privilege that you get from not being black African-American if you're black coming from another country. Mm -hmm. And Immigrants from other countries who are fair skinned, right? Latinos or Europeans or whatever from other countries, other uh, continents, benefit more when they assimilate to the cult, the dominant culture here in the US. And I was like, oh, have I been doing I've been doing that. Oh my gosh, I've been doing that for privilege because I'm like, oh, I no, mean, I'm global, I'm international, I'm from Pilsen, yeah. You know, there's always this little, you know, that I'm not very proud of. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, oh, has that been because I received some level of privilege for it? And this really started to question. It wasn't something I did consciously, but I really started to question, is that is that part of my desire to, to stand out in a way, to not necessarily always, you know, when people say, oh, are you, you know, because I grew up in Alabama, that's the other thing, <laughs> high school and college in Alabama. So I was like, I'm not from here, y'all I promise <laughs> this cannot be my reality um, lovely people in many cases, but in some places that was just like okay. I really don't think the way a lot of you think i so i I can't be from here and I think that's where I made that a little bit of a split so I'm curious about your experiences uh, you know either immigrant as an immigrant or as a you know trying to balance multicultural you know dual cultures
2: in your in your home? Any yeah. of that? Yeah, for me, I am. Um, no, it's interesting, because I, 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 th- I know it was me, everyone always welcomed me in both sides of the community, wherever I was going. But it, you're making me think now, too. <laughs> it's like, whoa, hold
0: on. But Is your dad Hispanic? You
2: yeah, my dad. Yeah. So my but grandma, Born and raised in the US. Born and raised in the US. Yes. Okay. Born and raised in the US. But he His story is he was born and raised here in the U.S. Well, sort of, because then I think it was around three or four years old. Then he lived in in Mexico for a good number of years and was raised out there and then came back. So it was a lot of back and forth. Mm -hmm. And my mom is the one that's from Mexico City. And uh, that's a whole nother story for another day. But (laughs) but they you know, I I, I think back and I I just I I think it was for me. I never I I always battled. Being where where do I belong? Where 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 do I go? Where do you know what? Where does Priscilla go? And I, I would say not until maybe a couple of years ago I felt like no, I am proudly like what you said, Caro, I'm proudly from Mexico. Like yes, I was born here, but my roots and my heritage and my culture are from Mexico. And I'm also very proud of living here, and I don't want to have to be put in one box and said like this is who you are. I'm like I'm both, and that's who I am. And and people can battle and say no, well you're from here, da, da, da. and on the other side too, no, you're from over there, and I go no, you know this is this is what I believe, and this is where my heart is, this is what my culture is, and this is me. But yeah, I have, I have battled with both and I, to the point where I was like, did I assimilate too much? It was like too much of a chameleon. I think now we're hearing a lot about, is it you were code switching, right? Were you going between and, mm. and just switching on and off and why? Um, but I will say now being and learning from everyone's experiences, even within Latinas Rising Up and just in HR and, and every other community that I've been in, I'm not the only one that's been going through that, right? <laughs> so what I've learned and it's supposed to be a journey and you're supposed to learn more of who and where, and what is, you know, what is it that you represent? And at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I'm here to help others, to give back to others wherever you want to put me, that's on you. This is where I belong. (laughs) This is what I do. This is what I do. This is who I am. And, and and I'm not going to spend too much time personally spinning around that. Um, That's the same thing with like words and things. I just like, I just, this is, this is where I go. This is where I feel, and this is what I believe in. And hopefully, you know, we can all work towards that. But um there is a lot of work that needs to be done with even within our community. So I'm just I'm learning, I'm growing myself. Um if we talk maybe in a year in two years, I might be like, oh, that was an interesting interview. <laughs> this is where I am now, right? <laughs> But I, I think that's what we're supposed to do, is to be open that we're on this journey. Mm-hmm. And today, where I am today um very proud and will continue i believe this to be you know be latina be american be be mexicana i joke my my spanish i've been told it's you don't sound mexican you sound like a blend of chile colombia uh, argentina i <laughs> learned like you're your spanish is not mexican i'm like that's okay i was like i'm a mix of a lot of things but this is how i this is me this is priscilla this is it <laughs> this is it
1: yeah
0: laugh gold, carolina what do you have to say
1: about that no, and I, I I feel the same. Um, actually, I, I think that we are a mix of uh, a lot of experiences and a lot of um, cultures and, and countries. Listen, I mean, whatever I go, I want to meet people, and I want to uh, make sure that they feel home. And it doesn't matter if they're Mexican, or it doesn't matter if they're from from Switzerland or whatever. I mean, it. I just I I just want to learn from them. Uh, eat with them, uh, listen to their stories. So I think that that um, if it helps me for, for you to be feel more comfortable the, uh, based on the fact that, that I'm Ecuadorian, hey, good for me, right? And if, mm-hmm. if it helps others to feel more comfortable around me because I also feel 100% American, say, hey, good for you. I mean, we're, we're going to have a fabulous time. Mm-hmm. But to me, I, I am a blend of a lot of things. I'm a blend of of cultures. I'm a blend of experiences, of stories, of songs, of food. I mean, I love, I can enjoy an encebollado or, you know, like tres leches as much as I can enjoy escargot and, and and, and you know, pasta or mm-hmm. pizza. So that's the beauty of being human, that we have access to all those resources. And, and I have to go back to what you were saying when you're celebrating Priscilla with your family and Valerie interviewing all these people, just thinking about the opportunities that we have now with technology and mm-hmm. and and have that access to people. I mean, why not? And in and, and people in other countries who may or may not be Latinos. And you know, it's just it's let's use all of those resources and all our, our experiences to our advantage to connect more and to to open doors for others. That's that's what I'm about. And if, if it's an, if others see it as an advantage, well, it is, <laughs> it's <Yes>. my advantage. <laughs> <laughs> Uses all the advantages. Yeah. You know,
0: it's, 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 it's so funny you say this because Priscila, I made a very conscious decision. You gave us the option when we were doing the estreno, the, the book launch for Latinas Rising Up in HR in Spanish. You gave us the option to do either English or Spanish. And I was like, I'm the only black person in this group. <laughs> and there are going to be other people watching from all sorts of backgrounds, and I want them to see representation that there are black women or black people who can speak in Spanish and could, you know, that's not something that you see very often in the media. You really see very little when you think about you know, the magazines or you think about news programs and very, very few few times will you see someone that's dark skin on camera in the Spanish speaking country. And so part of it for me, I was just like, no, quiero que yo sepan que yo hablo español, <laughs> right? But, I and- yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: I yeah. Right. So, so I think you know, talking about the chameleon for me, that was my code switch. So I did, I did a little code switching for your, <laughs> for the launch because well, I, yeah. like, I think it's important, and not only important for for other people of color like me, of dark color like me, but also because. I think there's some people still are surprised that I speak Spanish when I tell them I'm from Panama. They're like, from Panama? Oh. And then I speak Spanish and they're like, oh, listen. you're like, Panama is a Spanish speaking country. Like, what did you expect? <laughs> but, I mean, we have a lot of people of West Indian descent, right? Caribbean descent. So there is that. But anyhow, I, I think That's part of the representation is really showing people what's available, not so that we put another label Mm -hmm. on something. I think that's probably what I've been battling again. It's like it's not so that we have another label, but Carolina, you said to to the point where you see that there's a richness like there's there's so much. You know, you mentioned kindness, diversity, um, and and belonging, right? So that people can see that there's beyond the place you're from, the language you speak, the foods that you eat, the word that you use for X, Y, Z, that we are so many layers, right? That we can go beyond the labels and and connect to each other as human beings, having very unique experiences and coming into, you know, we come into our bodies into this planet. And it's so random too, right? Think about it. How many times do you get to choose where you're born or what language you speak when you're raised or what religion you practice or what, you know, what schools you go to? We have so little choice sometimes. It's such an arbitrary move to think about that being our identity. We had no choice whatsoever Mm -hmm. if you were born in Sweden or if you're born in Chile, if you were born in Nigeria or if you were born in Japan. Nobody (laughs) like who has the choice, right? And so, but we stick so much to those labels and that identity is like, we're missing out. And that's, that's what I'm committed to is helping people build those connections beyond those labels.
1: And I think that at the end of the day, recognizing that we're not too different from each other, even though we were, like you said, somebody was born in in Sweden and some others were born in Canada and some mm-hmm. it, in, in race so differently because of, we're, of different families, but- which just at the end of the day, we all want to be loved. We all want to um, have somebody that cares about us. We want to be respected. We want to be valued. We want to be heard. We want to be seen. So it's it really comes down to the very basics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter where or, or who you are. So if we can grab onto that and help others see that that's the beauty that's where our that's why our humanity is so important why not right Hmm. how do we get to that
2: how do we get to that uh, Valerie, i really think it's um it's something i'm just saying through my own experience and practice it's like what am i doing right looking in the mirror how am i practicing that and i have to challenge myself all the time because you can get comfortable and you're like no i like my people right i like being around my own circle but getting uncomfortable and taking those risks, um, whether they're calculator risks or you're just going out and jumping out of the plane, but making a change in that way and getting uncomfortable. I've learned so much when I've been uncomfortable yeah. uh, and I, I um, subscribe to this. Uh, this It's an app that sends you little affirmations every day and you can choose how how much you want and how little. And it was, it was saying that um, the last one was, two days ago, actually, before we had our book launch. And it's like, being uncomfortable is only gonna last for a little bit. Hold on to it and learn. And I was watching that and I'm going, oh, okay. (laughs) And it hit me because I'm like, you know what, sometimes it's, it's easy to be in a comfortable space, Mm -hmm. um, but you learn and you miss out, you know, when you get uncomfortable and try something new, you could be missing out on something like your new best friend down the road, or maybe a connection that could open so many doors for you, or maybe you were meant to do something in that person's life. But I really think it comes back to uh, what, are, what are we doing individually um, mm-hmm. through actions to, to really make that change. And then over time, we do it as a group, what right? you do it collectively and you start mm-hmm. gravitating like what Gato does and what you do. And what I do is with other people that are on that same journey that are trying mm-hmm. to do something similar. But uh, I think we're still, we're, we're still learning, right. We're still trying to figure it out together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I agree with you, Priscila. It's a lot about
1: connecting, making time, making it a priority, right. Uh, with, uh and one of the the things that i also do is i do interview people that are part of of a book right a hispanic stars rising uh that it was also published by jackie um uh, from fake fake factory media mm-hmm. so kudos to her because she's a fabulous human being she's fantastic um and she can see beauty also uh, mm-hmm. where sometimes you're like you, you you're you so bombarded with life and you don't you can see it. She can see it, and, and and that's that's a power that not too many people have. Uh, so I just had to throw in that there. Um, if you don't know her, you have to meet her. But uh, uh, I, it takes time. It takes time to to say, listen, I want to get to know you. And I, and, and to your point, Valerie, when somebody told you, oh my God, I don't know how to do it because it's it's tough work. I mean, it's it really it takes. Been intentional about it, been intentional about meeting someone because mm-hmm. it's going to take time. It's going to take those 15 or 30 minutes of your time that you don't want, that you want to invest in work or you want to invest in something else. But guess what? It, you never know where that conversation is going to take you. And then mm-hmm. uh, having deeper and, and longer conversations. I've had some of the best conversations in my life with people that I just met that it was, Oh, I'm going to have an interview with you. So can we do that 15 minute discovery call before the actual interview? And that, that call ends up lasting like 30 minutes, an hour, (laughs) and we're still talking and it's just, there's so much beauty. It doesn't happen with everyone, but when it happens with someone, it's like, there's magic there. And that's what we need to continue doing and, and gravitating towards those people that, that can become part of, of, um, our, our network of support, right? Uh, yes. our, uh, those are our go-to people. End up being our go-to people.
0: So how did how did we do? How how was this? Did we oh. did we pass muster? Are we part? I mean, I know Priscilla was already part of the
1: circle and stuff, but. <laughs> It's I been, think we're doing fantastic. Doing what, what are you saying? What are you? Are, are we wrapping it up? I mean, I feel like. Yeah, I'm thinking. I mean, oh my goodness! Well, no, yeah, we've I been talking for a it. while, so
2: <laughs> we need a part two, Valerie. Valerie.
0: We're just Like scratch the <laughs> Barely, I know, but you know. So we, when you we think about this particular meeting, this this connection, this conversation that
1: we've had, how would you guys say it went? I think it went very very well. I think Valerie then again, when I say that, um, that I want to invite you to get coffee and then eventually <laughs> to go to the Galapagos Islands. I'm not <laughs> kidding. Uh, we should definitely make it like a point to, for you to come. So where are you right now? I'm in Dallas, Texas. Ooh, I've been, I've been meaning to go to Dallas. So maybe we should have a book launch there. For your book. <laughs> no, but it's, it's the beauty of connecting with, with, with others. Right. And, and, and Valerie, I mean, I, I know, I, I saw your presentation during the book, the book launch, um, and I know that, that there's so much beauty in, in what you do. And, and thank, you, thank you for this space, right? Because sharing this and sharing a little bit of who we are with the world, I know it makes, I always say, I'm we're sharing stories with the world, but we never know where this episode ends up right when we never know who's gonna end up listening to this conversation and i'm pretty sure that people by listening to this they'll know oh you know what yeah i went through that i mean it's mm-hmm. it's weird and and there and here's three latino descent or latinas whatever you want to call us latinx hispanic whatever <laughs> it is that you want to call it. but <laughs> women who may have nothing to do with me but listen i mean i also yeah. went through you know a, a, a grandma who was a psycho or a- <laughs> <laughs> she went from the being a sweetest. tough cookie to a psycho. <laughs> okay. No, she was a tough cookie. She was not a psycho. Um, and she's, she, watch it. Tonight she's going to be pulling. Let me <laughs> remind like, oh, you. Yeah, Matt. Yeah. Ortiga. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <Yeah. laughs> Ortiga. You you <laughs> <comes our> <laughs> exactly. Did but see, and we're not too different. We're not mm-hmm. too different from each other. But you know what? You're right. And it requires taking time, putting time aside and listening, really just listening, shutting off the phones, connecting one on one, um, really trying to see where are those connecting points. And then even just listening, I mean, I I learn something new from you every time, Valerie. Every time you're like, "Can can we do something?" I'm like, "Yes." What do you? I always <laughs> learn something new, and I love it. Um, your soul is beautiful, and the work that you do is amazing. And um, I hearing how you made that decision to purposely speak in Spanish, and to that's 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 what that's you know this platform is, and it's like you use it however you want, right? And and I love that you did that. Hearing that actually is because other young girls hopefully are seeing this right or you like like you said Caro you don't know where all of this is going to go or who's seeing this and then you just made them think whoa she speaks Spanish <laughs> she could sing in Spanish too what? <laughs> which i love by the way and so that's the thing where it's like you 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 break stereotypes every day but it's not because you're trying to break them that's just who you are and you mm-hmm. don't fall into those boxes and so i i love that i love hearing that because we are, we are not meant to be put in one specific box because we're just such complicated, beautiful, different people. It's just, that's who we are. And, and that's a great point,
1: Priscilla. I recently read somewhere that, or somebody, I think it was an NPR who said, we are that combination of love and hate and beauty and, 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 you know, bad moments and, and not so pretty experiences. And, and we are, it's just, what do we decide to do with all these feelings and all these emotions and all these experiences? That's the end result. So Mm -hmm. it's that constant learning and, and, and making sure that we let people in, we make space for for people who are going to um, elevate us and we're going to elevate others with our stories. So Mm. again, Valerie, what you're creating here and what you're building here is it's beauty. It's it's beauty in itself because you're giving others opportunities to share experiences. And I love that. I love, I learned so much from listening to others. So thank you so much, truly. Well, I appreciate that you guys shared what you did.
0: I think, you know, one of the things that I'm so conscious of, in these spaces and these conversations is, you both said it takes time, right? There's, there's an intention behind it, but I wanna challenge this a little bit. I wanna challenge that it doesn't have to take any more time than you would, like literally in the crossing of an aisle, you could have a meaningful connection with somebody. I, I remember, and I, I do challenge myself on occasion to do this when I remember this, but I was at um, a supermarket, I was in the checkout line and I remember the guy who was the, the cashier was having a nice little banter with the, the person that was in front of me. You know, they were just, I don't know what they were talking about. Maybe it was the weather. I have no clue, but there was like a little laughter. There was a little, you yeah, know, there's a good vibe there. Right. And so, and then it was my turn and I started taking all this stuff out of, the, of the, the cart and he's like, well, good afternoon, ma'am. And then he starts going through his motions. And I was like, I want the banter. <laughs> so I remember asking him, I'm like, oh man, he had all these tattoos. He was sleeved. You could see it peeking out of his shirt. And I was like, hey, I love all those tattoos. What, you know, tell me about them. He's like, which one? I'm like, your favorite. And so he picked one tattoo, and it was like, um, he told him, he said, he's, you know, he's um very fair-skinned guy, brown hair, blue eyes. And he said, I know I don't look it, but I'm half Filipino. I was just like, cool. He said, my mom's Filipino. My father's from Texas, but i I grew up going to the Philippines every year. And this tattoo represents like, it used to be an ancient language of the Philippines before it was colonized by the Spaniards. And it's the kind of like a hieroglyphic marking of my family tree and whatever. I mean, in like, and you know, he's swiping all my stuff through the scanner as he's talking. So in what, five minutes, if that. I had this beautiful conversation. I learned something completely different that I was not expecting from someone that I could have just, you know, hey, how are you? How's the weather? How much is that? Oh, how much is this? Do I have a coupon? You know, that kind of interaction. That we Did he typically give you have. a
1: discount? I know this. It doesn't count if he didn't. Give I know, discount. right? <laughs> you know what? You know, I and maybe this is something that everybody does. And if everybody does good for you. But I whenever I go to a restaurant, I like to. Um, call every the, the server by their name, mm-hmm. and I think it's such a it's it's a personal choice, and and I'm very intentional about it every time, mm. just because there's been ex- there there's been moments when she goes or he goes whatever it is, um they they react better. I've gotten mm-hmm. better services. I feel, but some of them they go into those conversations of sharing more, right? Because I I remember once going. Um, I think it was Arizona or something, and I start talking to the, this girl, and and she is and she's telling me about, hey, you know, I had to save up money be, to go to college to have this experience. So she goes on to sharing so much, and it's only because of that. So I, I try to do to follow your lead, Val. <laughs> well, I don't
0: know if you're <laughs> following my lead, but definitely, I think humanizing one another. It's it's that's, I think that's what you're saying is how do we humanize. Our, ex- our experiences. This is why I'm saying it doesn't take time really. It just takes an open heart and an intention and curiosity because we always, we're already going to be there five minutes waiting for our, you know, our checkout stuff or taking an order or, or giving our order, waiting for our cars to be serviced or whatever. And how do we make the most of that exchange with that person and still feel like we're allowing them, you know, time and energy to do the job that they're there to do or you know, if somebody's waiting, we don't want to add stress to them. But I think we could probably give up some things. So I first of all, just want to thank the two of you so much. This I mean, again, this is like part one. I well, think I say that in every episode, by the way. <laughs> so all my listeners are like another <laughs> we're going to have another part two now. But I'm so grateful for the two of you being so open to share and to bring these stories and I, philosophies to light. I'm grateful to have met you, Carolina. And having this be our opportunity to connect. The so Priscilla, yay! Success! Anyways, um, so I, I want to do, I do want to thank you. So
2: any final words before we, we close out? Either of you. I I would just say um that we i like what you said valerie about challenging ourselves i do challenge myself a lot because i think that's how we grow Mm. but also just to to talk to people you don't know and be okay with jumping on video like this today right and realizing that it's not always going to go right it's okay there's going to be hiccups along the way but again you never know if you don't try it and i think that's something i would say with a lot of things in life is you know, take those calculated risks to do what's, what you, is within your, your comfort zone too, right? I don't want people going crazy and be like Priscilla said, take a risk, <laughs> <laughs> right? But you know, after you've meditated, prayed, thought, whatever it is that you do, right? And you make that decision it's to really, for all of us to go through it, we need more leaders, like those that are here today, like the three yes. of us um, and having more of these conversations, these bold conversations. Mm. Okay. Cheers to that. Carolina, anything to say? In my case, let's not be so
1: quick to judge um, one another. Let's be open to uh, to being more, then again, kind to each other and kind to ourselves. Um, and let's let's expect the greatness from from everyone. Not only, not not so much. Oh, it's gonna go bad. No, sometimes let's let's get surprised by what what the world and what others can do. Right. Mm,
0: cheers to that well thank you both for creating an environment in this podcast where all of us belong and we all had something of value to share and can't wait for part two three four the sequels
2: <laughs> we're coming to dallas and you're coming to miami yes and we're going yes, to the I
0: Galapagos. Know. yes <laughs> yeah, let's make can it add happen. More
2: coins. <laughs> <More coins. laughs>
0: Thank you so much for tuning in. And for those of you who tune in to listen to this episode, you know that you can subscribe to www.notquitestrangers.com and get this episode and many others and all the part twos and threes that you want (laughs) in the future. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of the day, everyone. Thank you.